Welcome to Coach Pep Talk, the podcast for people who run their own coaching businesses. Each week, I talk to an expert who shares wisdom that helps us be better coaches and better coaching business owners. This week, I've got Keurig Ashley on the line, and he's talking to us all about self-love. It's a fabulous interview, and I hope you enjoy it. I'll see you on the other side. Coach Pep Talk is brought to you by Life Coach Office, the one-stop shop for managing your coaching business online. It's a fully featured software to manage all of your client information and a whole lot more. The best way to check out Life Coach Office to see if it's right for your single coach coaching business is to sign up for the free seven-day trial at lifecoachoffice.com. Today I'm talking to Keurig Ashley, who Tony Robbins once described as the embodiment of the word outstanding. And I think that you'll understand what I mean once you listen to the call. Keurig is an internationally renowned speaker, author and coach in the fields of self-development and spiritual growth, and he's recognized as a premier expert in personal and professional development, self-discovery, and peak performance. He's written a best-selling book called How Would Love Respond? He's worked with Fortune 500 companies, gold medalists, and everything in between, and is also the creator and founder of the Life Success Club. Today, Keurig's going to be talking to us about self-love and how to incorporate that into your life and into your coaching business. I hope you enjoy what Keurig has to say. Hello, Keurig, and welcome to the show. I am honored to be here, and it's uh, one of those magical things that, you know, you get asked, and sometimes I pinch myself going, how did I get to be me? Speaking of being you, I have immersed myself in, in your world, sort of, in the last two days. I've watched your TEDx talk from Environ Bay. I've been reading your book, which is just phenomenal, and I don't know how we're going to fit everything that you have to say into this, um, like, 20 to 40-minute show, <laughs> but we're going to give it a really good shot today. And the topic that we sort of picked out is the topic of self-love. Can you tell us a little bit about what is self-love and why is it so important? And especially if you can use examples for people who are coaches and coaching business owners, that would be really cool. Great. Well, as you, as you know, Benes, I, I am a coach and uh, you know, I have clients all over the world and I've been doing it for a very long time and been very successful at it. And the thing is that um, every challenge, you know, that a human being goes through is actually a self-love issue. Uh, you know, people, if you really, if somebody really loved themselves, obviously they wouldn't smoke cigarettes or be sticking needles in their arms and doing drugs, or um, they wouldn't allow themselves to stay fat or depressed or broke. You know, because if you ask people about that, you know, would you want that for your children? They say, of course not. I love my kids. I want them to be successful and healthy and fit. And no, no way would I let them smoke cigarettes and those things. But then they'll do it to themselves. So as you see, it's always a self-love issue. And as a coach, it's one of the things I'm always looking at because um, in order for people to have the results, obviously they have to do the actions. We all know that. As a matter of fact, the people you're coaching actually know that. Um, they even know what to do. I mean, everybody knows if you want to lose weight, you exercise regularly, eat better quality of food. But, okay, Australia broke a record a couple of years ago, fattest country in the world. Um, they beat the Americans at something. and uh, the, But that's not a big record to have. And if you go to America, you'll see that whatever record we think we may have gotten 
it's bad there, and most countries are overweight and out of shape, but everybody knows what to do. It's why aren't they doing it? Well, the answer is, is first you have to be the person that would do those things. And so self-love is a way of being. Why is this, this way of being so important? I think you kind of said it, but maybe you could um, make a little a catchphrase or something for us. Sure. Well, I, I'm not religious. Uh, I don't actually have a religion. I'm very spiritual, but I'm not religious. Um, my, my mom was Jewish. My dad was Christian. I was just <laughs> really confused at first what were they even doing together but the thing is that the bible says if you do not know love you do not know god because god is love and love by far is the most powerful force in the universe um, i watched my son uh, being born and you know his head which was the size of a you know rock melon or a cantaloupe came out of a part of her body that was normally the size of an eye socket and then he put his fist next to his head that really had to hurt and after you know, all those 16 hours of labor and pain, you know, the moment mom and baby made eye contact, um, that all she remembers is the unconditional love. She doesn't even remember the pain. And I watched it happen. So our moms taught us the very most powerful lesson right from the beginning, which is transformation. Um, that they, you can take the worst experience in life and turn it into the very best with that power of love. And the word transformation, well, A-T-I-O-N, that part of the word means the experience of. Trans means to go beyond and form represents what you have right now. And so you can go, you know, it's the experience of going on beyond what you have right now. And the way that we do that would be with the self-love. And the easiest, I guess, way to, to help people with that is being of it would be is the most powerful two words in the English language are I am. Because whatever follows the words I am is your identity. And that's why my book is called How Would Love Respond? And love is capitalized as an identity so that when you identify yourself as love, you will start to act in a loving way, which will produce loving response in your life. And we're not talking about love like, you know, Valentine's Day hearts and cupids and stuff. We're talking about that real essence, you know, like I said, unbelievable pain to unconditional love in a millisecond. Doesn't even remember the pain. That's all they remember is the love. How do you go about giving this complete unconditional love to yourself? Well, there's a couple ways. It's a great question. Uh, number one is identify yourself as love and read that statement every day with passion and enthusiasm. Wallace D. Waddles, who wrote a book called The Science of Getting Rich in 1907. Um, by the way, he actually meant enriched, uh, but nobody really wanted to buy a book on personal development, but he put money in the title and all of a sudden it's a bestseller. You know, he said that getting rich or getting enriched is not the result of doing certain things, it's doing things in the certain way. And the certain way that he's talking about is with passion and enthusiasm, because anything you're great at, it's the stuff you're passionate about. So if you want to get great, get passionate. It's quite easy. And so, you know, reading that statement every day, I am love. I am love. I love myself. And a lot of people want to tell you, Benet, that loving yourself is egotistical, you know, to love yourself. Well, I'm going to tell you that it's egotistical not to love yourself, E-G-O, edging God out, is, you know, if you don't love yourself, how are you supposed to love anybody else? Like, it's like writing a million-dollar check on an empty bank account. So 
the first thing is, is identify yourself as that. Mary Magdalene, who uh, wrote scriptures for the Bible that were edited out and they were found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, when she refers to Jesus, she doesn't refer to him as the Messiah, she refers to him as the love. And Jesus in John said, even the least among you can do all that I have done and even greater things. So that would mean as if we identified ourselves as love, we could produce amazing miracles in our life. So the first thing to be to do is identify yourself as that. The other strategy that I recommend, and I've, had, I've done it myself because, you know, being who I am in a world where I help tens of thousands of people around the world, I've been in front of over a million, I've coached people all around the world. And, you know, one day I was kind of like, who do you think you are, jerk? I mean, like, you know, you're not perfect and you make mistakes and you've done inappropriate things and you've even done wrong things. Why do, what makes you the person who gets to stand up and teach people? And so I looked in the mirror and I looked myself in the eye and I said, you know what? I love you, man. I love you. You're a good person. You're working on yourself. And no, you're not perfect, but you're not supposed to be. You're just supposed to be getting better. And you do that. And you really care about people. You really want to make transformation. And I kept doing that day after day, you know, every day for about, you know, a minute every day, looking myself down in the mirror. And there's times that I felt stupid. And there's times that I cried. Um, and really what happens is, well, the Egyptians said the eyes are the windows to the soul. And so what you're doing is you're sending out love through your eyes and then you're receiving it back through your eyes. And what it's doing is it's pumping out all the toxins out of your system, all that negativity, all that self-doubt and all that stuff that we build up. And then finally, after a while, it actually felt very natural to say that to myself and to be okay with not being perfect because as human beings, our perfectness is being imperfect. Um, we're supposed to be here to learn, not to, to be perfect. Otherwise, what are you doing here? And so, you know, by uh, giving myself self-love in the mirror, um, it opened up my ability to love others even more. Um, because if I don't have it, like who's going to deem you with it? You know, like the, the queen doesn't tap, touch you on the shoulder with a sword and say, hey, you have self-love now. Um, it's something you have to give to yourself. And we are the center of our universe. I mean, no matter where you look, in 365 degrees spherical is eternity. It's, it's infinity. It's forever. So you are the center of your universe. And, you know, we send out this energy in all directions. So the first thing we need to be sending out is love. And the only way we're going to do that is through self-love by saying, I love you to yourself and identifying yourself. Because if God is love, that's what the Bible says, then the only way to connect to the creator would be through self-love because then you're one with the source. I notice it's all the time with coaches, myself included, that, that self-doubt, you know, when you're starting your coaching business and you are putting yourself as this teacher, as this mentor, as this guide for other people, it is very common for this self-doubt to creep in. And a lot of people really can't handle it. Are there any other strategies that you use in an ongoing way or does it just looking in the mirror for long enough eventually just click over and then it never comes back or what's been your experience with that Keurig? <laughs> get over it uh, you know you got to get over that self-doubt the fact is that you know every day that you are not out there helping people people are slipping through the cracks and their lives are getting worse so you got to get over it um, you know my son's name is Elijah and um, his mom named him after a 
an actor, Elijah Wood, but I named him after the prophet Elijah because Elijah the prophet was a man that God talked to directly, according to the story that is, and he was asked to go to a mission, but he was afraid of being persecuted and killed. So he kind of hid out for a while, and then finally he faced his own self-doubt and became Elijah the prophet that, you know, kind of became famous. And the reason I love this story so much, and if you read the book uh, by Paulo Coelho, who wrote The Alchemist, it's called The Fifth Mountain, and it's about Elijah the prophet um, and a story of him hiding out and then finding his own courage. Um, the reason I love it so much is that uh, we all have doubt. We all have fear. We all have insecurity. Everybody does. You know, I remember as I spent five years on the road with Anthony Robbins. I've been friends with Sylvester Stallone since the early 80s and John Travolta. I've worked with uh, Richard Branson and President Clinton. Everybody's got doubt. Everybody's got fear. Everybody's got insecurity. The key distinction between successful people and average people is that we manage it differently than the average people do. So we all go through it. We just learn how to manage it. And so every day, you know, um, uh, I say when you wake up in the morning, you have an empty tank, you know, inside your body or an empty container. And if you don't fill up that container before you leave the house or before you start your day, well, don't be surprised if society wants to dump their garbage in your empty tank because they see it empty and they just start throwing stuff in it. And, you know, we live in a world where people are celebrated for being negative. I mean, the news, that's all they want to do is point out what's wrong with the world because it's sensationalized. You know, um, unfortunately, people are following Kim Kardashian and her family, you know, and watching all their dramas. Uh, so it's easy to get sucked into the negativity, but when you fill your tank up with positivity and self-love, well, the law of displacement, it's a law of nature, says that two things can't occupy the same space at the same time. So in order to manage it, we need to be strong. That's what I call it, the sex model, S-E-X. And no, it's not what you think. Um, a lot of people get very disappointed, but um, it's just something so it's easy to remember. And S stands for strength. We got to be strong. You have to be strong so that um, you don't buy into a hallucination that the outside world dictates how you think and feel. Or, you know, it also gives you the power when you're strong to manage how you think and feel, even when you have doubt, even when you have insecurity, even when you have fear. Um, because that we need to do that and we need to be strong in four major muscle areas um, one is physical one's mental one's emotional and one is spiritual and in order to be strong which is the s the e is that we have to exercise to be strong we have to exercise those four main muscle groups all right are you gonna t are you gonna walk us through the steps I am, but I, I don't want to just, you know, <laughs> I figured since we're doing an interview, I'd let you interview me instead of me just going on and on. Because, Benea, I will warn you that I actually don't run out of content. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that about you, Kieran. <laughs> yeah, I, I do 15-hour long days sometimes doing speaking, you know, like a public seminars. And uh, I, I still have to shut down. Otherwise, we'll be going forever. Well, um, I... I 
I think that the, this line we're on is incredibly relevant because, I mean, this talk is all about self-love and I know, you know, from experience and that uh, with, with the coaches that, um, you know, are in my network and just people building businesses in general, you know, you said yourself that successful people basically are the ones who are able to manage their doubt. And what you're giving us here is a formula, a strategy for, for um, managing your self-doubt, for filling your tank with self-love and positivity. So I think that, yeah, the listeners are ready to hear. <laughs> so please carry on with your sex. Uh, is it a principle or a process? Or <laughs> I call it, yeah, sex formula. I mean, sex formula. Thing, yeah. The thing but is, you know, I, I took the women's beach volleyball team to win gold medals at the Sydney Olympics, and I worked with the Brisbane Broncos, and they won the premiership that same year. Obviously, I've not worked with them since. But um, <laughs> uh, every athlete I work with, every, you know, um, companies, my point being is that, man, when you're an elite athlete, imagine your fear, your doubt, your insecurity. People think you don't have it. You have it even worse because you're out there and you're focusing on this, like the Olympics, this one game that you got to win. And the opponent, obviously, is supposed to be very, very good. So yeah, you know, and I study Aikido and Aikido is based in the teachings of the samurai. And you know, imagine facing off with another guy who has a very sharp sword who also is very trained in it. I would guess you have some fear and doubt at that point. So everybody's got to manage it if you want to succeed in life. And that's why I'm using those examples. And so we have to be strong and we have to exercise those four main muscle groups every day. So physical, well, move. You know, that's the exercise for it. Swim, dance, run, hit the gym, um, something, you know. But the powerful thing about that is, is motion creates emotion. You know, the way we move our body determines what we're feeling. And so you can create certainty without having anything to be certain about. So as an example, um, I'm also the world record holder for the longest fire walk in history, 81 meters of 600 degree calls in my bare feet. And I've taken tens of thousands of people fire walking safely. But let's back it all the way up to that very first program I did before I was a fire walk instructor because you know, I wasn't born fire walk instructor. Um, so people had to attend, obviously my first program where I was teaching people you know, how to fire walk. I mean, that's not what the program's about, but I took people fire walking. Well, how would you like to be the guy or the person coming to the program? And you go, you know, I've never really done this before, but I, I, I think I can get you across safely. I pretty much would have emptied out the room then. So instead of lying and making up stories is that, you know, I had to create an essence of certainty um, so that people felt secure and confident in that. And then once I got people across safely, well, now I'm a successful firewalk instructor. So as you see, we can do that even before we have the credentials. And that's coming from, number one, physical. And also, uh, it's working on your physiology, which is your posture. Because however you carry your body tells your brain what emotion you're in. So if, if you sat or stood the way you'd be when you're depressed, your shoulders are probably rounded. Or if you're uncertain, they're probably rounded, you're probably down, you're probably breathing short and shallow, and the look on your face, well, obviously, isn't very confident. But then if you ask yourself physiology questions, like how would I be standing right now if I was totally confident and powerful? I'd have, how would I be breathing if I had total certainty in my body right now? What would be the look I'd have on my face? Well, you notice your physiology would shift, because we all know what that is. 
and you'll instantly feel better. You'll feel more confident. You'll feel more certain, even if you have doubt. So one has nothing to do with the other. Um, so that's physical. By the way, water intake and eating regime would be included in physical because if you put junk fuel in, you get junk performance out. We got that. So the next one, physical would be mental. It's a muscle. Um, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. They found out through scientific studies that people who are consistently working on their mind have less chance of getting Alzheimer's and dementia later on in life because you're building your you know, neurons instead of letting them decay. And so what are the muscles for that? Well, read. <laughs> you know, it's not that hard. I know a great book, by the way. It's called How Would Love Respond. Um, no, I'm kidding. And, um, it's a great uh, book. Thank you. It's, I'm very proud of it being a bestseller, and yet it's the, it's the response I get from people today that is the most profound thing. Every day I hear from somebody, lots of people, uh, raving about what my book did for their life, and I'm honored by that because that's why I wrote it. Um, but I read every day, you know, and I'm, I only read personal development and biographies and autobiographies, things that are going to help me move forward, business, coaching, whatever it is that, you know, that's going to help me grow. I, I noticed on your website, you have a couple of great books on how to have a successful coaching business. Man, if you want to be a coach, I'd be reading those books. That would only make sense. You know, and then audio programs. Wow, these days, you don't even have to carry CDs around or, you know, I'm going to date myself right about now, or cassette tapes uh, or H-Track, which I don't know if people remember that, but, um, you know, to have on your phone, on your MP3 player, in your car, listening to audios, change your life, fill your, there's that tank again though, fill your brain with things that are going to move you forward and keep your mind strong. Because again, that's the only way you're going to manage how you think and feel um, when I used to originally buy audio programs on cassette tape, as an example, I would listen to that same cassette on a, like a six or eight cassette system, the same cassette for a month solid, nonstop, um, until I started speaking the language. I started sounding just like the person on the tape. Then I would go to tape two. And that's why I have a program called the Life Success Club, in which it's designed to create those successful habits it's, you know, same kind, it's built on the same principles that turn me into who I am, which is that, you know, make it consistent, make it the way you think, keep those consistent thoughts in your mind. So that's building your mind. And by the way, is, you know, going to seminars, going to workshops, I still attend them myself. People look at me and they go, you're Kira Cashley. I go, yeah, yeah I knew that. Thank you. And they go, you wrote How Would Love Respond? And I said, I knew that too. And what are you doing here? Are you like a guest speaker? And I said, no, I'm attending. But what are you doing here? You know all this stuff. And I said, how do you think I got where I am? What's the last show that you, or the last, last seminar you attended? Uh, well, I was actually speaking at the uh, Total Success Summit in Sydney uh, a couple months ago with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, but the whole rest, of, there was 30 speakers. So in the green room backstage, I watched the whole thing on, um, uh, I didn't want to be a distraction to people because after you speak, Everybody wants to come up and talk to you and stuff. So from the green room, I watched the entire program. It was, you know, two days of different speakers, um, including Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now that I did go out and sit with the audience for, and also Natalie Cook and Kurt Puthurst, my beach volleyball players, were speaking, and I watched them. But I watched the other ones, and then I actually got the whole program on uh, DVD from, from the people. 
who put the program on, and I watched that still. Um, also, I went to New York and spent $10,000 to watch Brendan Bouchard, who uh, taught a program called the 10X program. Um, and people in the room were like, man, you know most of this stuff. What are you doing here? And I said, because you can always get better. Took us on a little bit of a tangent, but we're talking about the six uh, formula, and we've talked about strength and strengthening the four muscle groups, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and then the E stands for exercising those four muscle groups. And we got to mental, and we were talking about, you know, you need to read books, go to seminars, um, listen to audios, that sort of thing. About how about emotional and spiritual? Great. See, you're reeling me in, I love it. Uh, <laughs> I need it sometimes. Uh, meant, uh, emotional, well, you know, we're uh, emotional creatures. We're not actually rational. And people are, that's not rational. Well, that's okay, because we're not rational, we're emotional. Um, if we were rational first, you know, <laughs> strapping drugs to your body in a foreign country and trying to export them, that's not rational, that's emotional. You know, when I was in Kuwait, they behead people there. For, you know, and I go, well, obviously nobody does drugs. And they go, oh, no, they're, they're still buying. I'm like, why? And they go, oh, the money's good. I'm like, see, that's not rational. That's emotional. So it's a muscle. So how do we exercise it? Well, number one is hang out with positive, happy, successful people. Quit hanging out with pissed off, angry, negative people because you are a product of your environment. And if you don't have those people in your life, go find them. There's a thing called the internet. There's a thing called YouTube. If you can't find the videos on YouTube, there's a video on YouTube of how do you find videos on YouTube. So, <laughs> That's you true. Know, yeah, it's easy. Facebook, you know, quit reading about people's dramas, you know, and get in groups. Um, and again, that's why we have the Life Success Club. I'm not marketing to you. I'm just letting you know that's what we did. It's a network of people who are like-minded. So you do have a network. I'm sure, Benet, you have a network coaches that you work with you know there's all kinds of things because in life if you're not networking you're not working nobody who succeeds does it by themselves and the network is not just to help you get clients and all that stuff network is they hold you to a higher standard when you're dropping off an energy or attitude they go hey pick it up that's your network you use that in your book too to describe friendship I re that really resonated with me that your friends hold you to a higher standard that's your network. My That's wife, right. you know, uh, is uh, part of my network. And, you know, she's there to hold me to a higher standard. My dear friend, John Hersfeld, he's a famous movie director. And he's uh, Sylvester Stallone's best friend since university. Still is to this day. You know, I always said, Kirk, when you marry somebody, marry up. I said, what does that mean? Johnny says, marry somebody who will always hold you to a higher standard. They don't let you settle on who you used to be and even who you are now. They always inspire you to be greater. Yeah. And I took that advice, that advice and that's what I'm married to. Um, and we do that for each other. The people in my life, my friends, same thing. Surround yourself with people who hold you to a higher standard because imagine how you feel. By the way, there's that strategy again. Manage how you think and feel differently. So emotion, feelings. So that's um, your emotion. What about spirit? Great, now we're back to self-love because spiritual doesn't mean religious. Spiritual is self-love. And so the easiest way to do that again is be kind to yourself. You know, do your mirror work every day, like I said, look in the mirror, you know, for one minute every day and convince that person you're looking at that you love them, that they're a great person, that you forgive them for anything that you think you may have done wrong, you know? 
but also is, is uh, instead of criticizing yourself throughout the day, instead acknowledge yourself for everything you're doing approximately right. Because when you get acknowledged for it, you'll expand on it and it starts to swell up and it becomes more and more of your life and you'll do more and more of it. It's just a natural function of the brain that anything that we link up perceived pleasure to will move towards. Anything we link up perceived pain to, we're gonna move away or try to avoid. So instead of criticizing yourself, acknowledge yourself for everything you're doing approximately right. And then that leaves us with the X and the sex model, which is, we'll put an E in front of it, and it's excitement, is you gotta do it with passion and enthusiasm. The word enthusiasm, the root word of enthusiasm is a Greek word, it's in theos. It means the God within. As you see, you have a lot more power on your side when you're passionate and you're enthusiastic. How do you, let, let's, let's take a coaching business owner again. And um, if, if, let's say they're, they're losing their passion or their enthusiasm for their business. Maybe it's because of self-doubt or whatever. Or it's been a bit varied. How, how can they kind of free tap into that? Any suggestions, tips? Sure. Well, that's, again, comes back to getting in a network of people that keep you up, that keep you inspired, that keep you going. Uh, you know, Benet, I would recommend for you, I don't know if you have it or not, um, is that you have a, some kind of networking group for coaches. You probably have that already, but if you don't. I have, I have one on Facebook, yeah. There you see, I, that's why you are so good. And I hope <laughs> that on so many levels. Now it's up to those people to use it. Remember, knowing uh, Calvin Coolidge, one of the presidents of the United States, said that the world is full of educated derelicts, which means most people know what to do. Most people just are doing what they know. It's in the doing that we develop, not the knowing about it, and certainly not the sitting around talking about it. It's in the doing. And so get in that group. Um, reignite your passion. It's one of the things Arnold Schwarzenegger talked about is you got to be passionate and have vision. How do you do that? Well, think about the end result. Think about all the great people you're going to help. But also, think about yourself and the great life you're going to have when you're wealthy from having a, an abundance of coaching clients and programs and books that you've written and all the things that you're doing. Um, you know, that gets you fired up. And you have to remind yourself of that every day, what you're passionate about and what your purpose is. The, the re I ask people, I say, you know, tell me about, uh, you know, give me 15 names of the teachers that you had in high school. And they look at you like, what? I can remember one, like barely, you know. Well, okay, wait a minute. If you don't remember it, that's because you're uh, away from it. You haven't put it in your mind consistently. But if I asked you when you were in high school about your teachers, you could have rattled it off. Well, why would you think you're gonna remember your purpose in life and what you're passionate about unless you, you know, bring it to the forefront of your mind every day? And one of the things that I do for myself with that and then is that I, I have a journal, and in that journal, I write in it every day. Uh, and one of the questions, the first question is, is what did I do great today? Well, you know, and answer it. Because number one, if you think about it, you're using about seven connections in your brain. When you write it down, you use over 10,000 connections. And that comes from my good friend, Alan Pease, who wrote the book, Body Language. Um, that's real scientific study. So by writing it down, just like your goals, it becomes way more powerful. So what did I do great? Well, first, that makes me feel good to remind myself that I'm doing great things. Second is, if you did it great now, wouldn't you want to do it again? Well, yes. You won't remember it unless you write it down. 
Two is how can I make it better? Which is a strategy question. So any answers you come up with obviously are strategies, put them into action, you get a result. And the last question is, is by what percent did I improve by since the last time or since yesterday? Well, every day I can see I'm getting better and better. I'm excited because I know I'm going somewhere and it's measurable. Even if it's 1% a day, well, wait a minute, if you got that kind of money, uh, interest on your money in the bank every day, you'd be kissing the bank manager because you're getting about 3% a year. So imagine 1% a day, it's massive. And it's 1% compounding because it's not 1% from the beginning, it's 1% since the improvement of yesterday. So it's a compounding effect. And you do that, you're gonna stay passionate. I mean, I've been coaching now uh, with my full year, I, I take clients on for a full year, they're with me for a full year. Um, I've been doing that for over 18 years now. I always have a full roster. I coach Monday through Friday. Every day I have clients around the world and I'm still passionate about it. How do I do that? Well, I do exactly what I just told you. And that's my system for it. And if you don't have a system for it, which by the way, I could swear on your website, that's exactly what you have for people. <laughs> I do. Coaching. <laughs> and you know, I created my own because I knew I needed it. And that's why I really appreciate what you have on there, Benet, because it's what a lot of people need. And instead of wasting their time trying to come up with a system, great, you have one. That's awesome. And I, I really, I'm acknowledging and very sincere about that is um, use the system though, so that every day you keep yourself tuned up and fired up. And the other thing I would recommend is that if you're a coach, have a coach. Um, I have coaches. And people go, really? And I go, well, wait a minute. I'm suggesting other people get coaching, and yet I don't? That's not even congruent, let alone, uh, you know. So, yes, and it, it keeps me tuned up. Now, I have coaches for other things besides personal development because I work in personal development every day. It's my world. So that I don't really need the tuning up on, but I have Internet coaches, business coaches, all kinds of different coaches for different things I need in life. Um, to keep me going and keep me strong. We're really close to the the end of our time here, but I've got some <laughs> I've got some other questions for you, Kirik. Just on a couple of things, because you you I think you explained the really good good system for working on your self love, transforming that self doubt into positivity and self love with your with your sex formula. One of the things you said in our conversation earlier on is you, you talked about uh, oh, when you were teaching how to be a firewalker, and I know from your story of the gold medalist, there was a similar thing here, but having this essence of certainty, even though you yourself may be thinking, hmm, I haven't exactly done this before, um, you know, in this whole fake it till you make it uh, concept. And I think as coaches starting out, especially, and even, even as you go down your path, you, you always will cross this new milestone in your own evolution. Like, can I really do this? I haven't done this before. Um, you know, you, you, you come to these, these crossroads. Can you, can you talk? I, I know that it can be a little bit of a controversial thing, like faking it till I make it. Does that mean I'm not authentic? Can you talk a little about that for people who are at that crossroads right now and, and wondering, who they, who they need to be in this moment? Sure. Well, the, the term fake it until you make it, it's just a catchphrase. You know, the, the word faking it or the term faking it makes it sound kind of negative or, or dishonest or whatever. That's not what it is. It's just a catchphrase so people remember it. Remember, it's the be, do, have model. You have to be the person who would do the things to produce the result. 
I got it. So once you're being the person, which is like, let's say I am wealthy, you know, and you're saying I want to be a wealthy person, well, you have to identify yourself as wealthy now, even when your bank account's empty. Because if you're saying, well, when my bank account's filled up, then I'll be wealthy, well, then you'll never be wealthy because you're saying you're poor or and not wealthy. And guess way poor people don't do wealthy things, they do poor things, and that's why they stay poor. So we got to be wealthy. And then people say, well, what do you mean? To be wealthy, to do wealthy things, you're going to spend money I don't have? No, only poor people do that. Wealthy people don't spend money they don't have. That's a poor habit. Wealthy people produce wealth. So they study it. They, you know, they go to programs and read books. That's what wealthy people do. They, they choose an area to be wealthy in business, shares, property. And they start learning how to master it. Exercise their mental wealthy muscles. <laughs> there you go again. Just bringing it back to the formula. It, it is. And so for certain, you know, uh, with coaching as an example, is, you know, man, if you want to be a coach, you need to immerse yourself in not only being a coach, but also coaching business. Because the more uh, education you get on it, the more certainty you develop. And, you know, as they say in life, you don't really know something until you start to teach it. And so, you know, my best lessons in coaching have come from, well, coaching, you know, because your clients are going to challenge you. They're going to ask you questions. Now, by the way, if I don't know the answer, I have no problem telling them that because lying is always going to get you in trouble. And as Ju Judge Judy always says, is you don't need a good memory when you tell the truth. So what I do is I'll tell a client, you know what? I don't know that at the moment. I will get back to you next week at our next session, and I will have the answer for you. And then I go in search of the answer. Wow, that's crazy. Um, and as a coach, I don't need to know everything. I just need to know the right questions to ask to find out what do I need to know when I need to know it. Because asking will be given. That's biblical. Um, you ask and you start getting answers. Just ask appropriate questions not stupid questions like how come i don't know this and how come i'm not smart enough and why am i so stupid because well you'll definitely get the answers they won't make you feel good ask appropriate questions wow you know um uh, if if curic was coaching me right now what would he tell me to do i have clients say that all the time and they're like i go so the answer you got how close is it to what i said and they go word for word it's verbatim because your brain answers it that way, or what would Richard Branson do here, or where can I get the information, or who could help me with this? Well, by the way, this thing called Google, that's pretty easy, or Siri, or you got all these things now that it's easier than ever. Um, but yeah, we got to work on those muscles, so we got to fake it until you make it, like with the gold medalists. I made them get display cases two years before the Olympics to display their gold medals in. Because I said, if you really thought you were a gold medalist, wouldn't you have a display case to show your medals off? And they go, yeah, we'll get it right after we win. I said, see, now you're saying if, not I am. There's that little difference. And then I made them practice the national anthem to get ready to sing it on the podium. And I made them practice uh, bending over on the podium and getting their gold medals and waving to the audience. And they had to sign autographs, gold medalist, 2000 Olympics. And people would say, but it's, 1998, aren't you gold medalists already? And they said, that's just who we are. Well, here we are. We're five points behind at match point against the best team in the world known as the Brazilians. And we're one point away from losing when the average person says, oh, shoot, it's over.
but not my girls. My girls said, we're gold medalists, man. This is part of the game. Let's turn it on. And they started waving their arms and got in the stadium on their feet. And 10,000 people are cheering, oi, oi, oi. And right then you could look at the Brazilian faces saying, why does it feel like we're not winning just yet? And point by point, we took it away from two matches in a row and walked home with the gold medals. See, because when most people quit, gold medalists kick in and they do just a little bit more than the rest of the field is willing to do. Not, not dramatic, just a little bit more. It's at one one hundredth of a second difference in time. It's that managing how you think and feel, that's what got us gold medals. And that's why every team I work with, every athlete I work with all win, because all they gotta do is give them the mastery that, that little incremental difference. That's just working on it, building the muscle. Yeah, so they've really just, they've built that muscle uh, so that they have certainty and, and self, yeah, self-love, and that just dissolves self-doubt. It's funny, that, and just so you know, I wasn't actually born this guy, you know, people go, man, you're like, were you born like on a lotus flower? Yeah, <laughs> I got the same haircut, but um, the thing is that I, I'm, a, I'm an evolution of a guy who wanted to make my life better because I grew up in, you know, my mom was a serious alcoholic and very abusive. My stepdad was the same way. My mom was married four times, stepdad four times, stepdad, you know, it goes on and on. My dad was married three times. Um, I wanted a better life. And I don't blame those people at all because they forced me on the road to become who I am. And, but I went searching for answers. I put them into action. I practiced them and I practiced them until it became my habit and then pretty soon it just became who I am. As you see, it's just like going to the gym and exercising consistently and you stay in shape that way. You don't go to the gym once and think you're buff for the rest of your life. That doesn't make any sense. You got to be consistent. So it's not what you do once in a while that counts. Mm. You consistent. Yeah, consistency is key. Okay, just three more short questions for you, Kurek, and then we'll wrap okay. up this episode okay just for anybody who is listening when you talked about you know your reading and um i was just wondering do you ever read fiction or watch movies or something you know that's that's not um personal development i, I do watch movies because remember as i used to be an actor in hollywood i worked i was in 38 movies and then i used to uh i worked at over 500 movies as a key in dolly group so you know movie industry i still have clients or directors and writers um, and I love entertainment. I mean, life is for living. It's a balance. But I won't watch movies that depress me. I won't watch movies that make me angry or violent. You know, like, uh, you know, for instance, The um, the Notebook. You know, it's a great movie, uh, very touching, all that stuff. I can't watch those movies. They depress me for weeks. They just, they get me to. And I, I don't want to feel bad. Um, so I watch movies that make me feel good, make me laugh, you know, good love story, good inspirational story, whatever. But that's just, you know, I'm controlling how I think and feel. I'm, you know, I'm controlling my environment. And that's just me. Some people like that stuff. It's just not for me. Books, you know, I, I've loved reading uh, Dan Brown's, like, The Da Vinci Code and those kinds of, you know, because to me, you see the, the book when you're reading it. Um, but they weren't really... You know, they're adventure books, I guess. You know, a story of fictional adventure books. Um, I love Paulo Coelho. He's one of my favorite authors. He wrote The Alchemist. And um, my favorite book of all time is uh, Delusions by Richard Bach. Uh, he wrote Jonathan Livingston Siegel. 
So those are books that, yes, they're stories, but there's always a, a message in there for me, I guess, you know? Um, yeah. If you read How Would Love Respond, it's a lot of stories, but the stories all lead to helping you make transformation in your life. And that's what, because people want to be entertained more than they want to be educated. So I wrote it in a way that I call edutainment, where you mix, you know, entertainment up with, you know, a story where people get engrossed in it with the teachings. And that's why it's been so beneficial to people because they get caught up in the story and yet the transformation happens. Yeah, and it's a, it's a really good, for me, uh, you know, I, I, I learned a lot of the, the concepts that are in your book at some level, you know, six, seven years ago when I did my life coach training, um, but it's really good to kind of re-experience them in this, in this new way in your, ed, what did you call it, your edutainment <laughs> style. It's really good. It's like, wow, I really needed to be reminded of all these concepts in a new way. So coaches who are listening, I really encourage you to go out and grab a copy. Um, it's, a, it's a great reminder of all these core concepts that probably blew your mind the first time you ever came across them. And for those who aren't coaches who are listening, definitely will blow your mind. Um, okay, last question. Sure. If you can leave our, uh, our, our listeners with just taking one action as a result of this episode today, what would, you, what would you want them to go away and do today? Make a decision. Uh, the beginning of all change, all transformation comes from making a decision. Uh, you know, and we have to practice that as a muscle as well because, you know, people are weak decision makers. You have five of your friends you know, playing cards or something. You go, you hungry? I'm hungry. You hungry? I'm hungry. Hungry? Yeah, everybody's hungry. Where do you want to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to eat? People get to decide where you want to eat. Finally, somebody says pizza and everybody's excited because somebody made the decision for them. So we have to practice making decisions. And the way that we make appropriate decisions is that we think to create and we feel to decide. Is get yourself in a good emotional place because you, know, you don't want to make a decision from a bad emotional place, you'll always regret that one. Um, but get in a good emotional place and ask yourself, how do I feel about this? Because we all have been into a place where we knew we felt a certain way, but we went against that feeling. And then we said to ourselves, man, why don't I just listen to myself? Mm -hmm. See, that, that feeling that you're talking about, that's your spirit. It will never steer you wrong. So, you know, start making decisions from that feeling place and you'll never steer yourself wrong ever again. It's, it's something I developed in myself so that I'm very fast at it. I've just learned how to listen to myself because I've paid the price like everybody for not listening to myself. And I just said, well, that's not a very good strategy. So um, I've learned how to develop that. So decide what do you want in your life? Decide what you're going for. Every morning, wake up and decide what your day's gonna be about. Decide it's gonna be awesome. You make that decision, the funny thing is you'll live up to that. Um, if you don't, you know, well, you're at the whimsical, you know, wind blowing and pushing your life all around throughout the day and you wonder why you're so beaten up at the end of it. So decide, because one of the things I say is that, you know, all your dreams come true when you make the decision to make them come true. And that key distinguishing point and making that decision from a good emotional place, like creating those, those circumstances, that environment for you. Yeah, really important component of it. Okay, if people want to learn more about you, Kira, if they want to grab a copy of your book, how can they, where can they go? Oh, thank you for that. But it's, uh, you know, easiest way to get a hold of me is just through Kurik, Ashley.com. I'll spell for you because it's one of those names that, 
um, people were like, what? What was your mom thinking? Uh, I don't think she was at the moment. I think maybe she was drinking and burped and somebody wrote it down. Um, Keurig, K-U-R-E-K-A-S-H-L-E-Y. So keurigashley.com. Um, on there, there's all kinds of videos. We put up blog videos. You'll also notice that there's a place that you can get some a free program from me. It's a 10-day course. It's a real online course. It's awesome. By far the best comments from people that I've ever read. It's just, you know, it's way better than I ever experienced, I ever expected. Um, it's called Get Out of Your Bad Mood. And a bad mood is any mood, that by that doesn't mean being grumpy. It means any mood that's not supporting your happiness, your goals, your dreams, even some stuff we worked on today will be in there. It's absolutely free, it's a real course. Um, it doesn't have any value if you don't use it. So it doesn't, you know, use it, leave me a, a comment. You can also get a copy of How Would Love Respond there, because we bought the rights back from the publisher. So we started our own publishing company so that we could redo it. Um, we're the fastest and easiest way to get it, plus I can sign a copy if you want and get the ebook version of it. You write, I write back. My email is curric at curricashley.com. Uh, it's quite easy to get me. If you write me, I write back. I don't have ESP, so I, <laughs> I don't know if people need help unless they ask for it. Excellent. And I'll include all of the links to all of those sources in the show notes for this show. All right, Keurig, we need to wrap it up there. But thank you so much for being on the show today. I have been very excited and looking forward to our interview. My pleasure. And, you know, anytime you want me back, I'd be honored. And if there's anything I can do for you or your coaches, I'd be honored because, you know, you're doing great work on the planet. You know, the world actually needs more coaches. It's in a very challenging place. It needs more people to help people fulfill their dreams because when people are happy, they will spread that happiness and the world becomes a better place. So one person really can change the world. And it all starts with us working on ourselves because in order for things to change, I must change. And when we have that attitude, we change, we'll change the people around us. So I, I really am honored and I sincerely mean that. And thanks for having me. Thank you, Keurig. And yeah, that's why Universal Coaching Systems is here. It's that ripple effect. So if we know if we can help coaches actually make it in business out there, then they're going to be able to impact more lives. And I do think that there is a conscious shift happening on the planet. And I am proud and honored to be playing my part in that process. Thank you, listeners, for listening to another episode of Coach Pep Talk. You can do us a favor by going into iTunes and liking the show. Happy coaching. <laughs>